Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. I would like to introduce to you and have the pleasure to introduce to you Janice Charbonnet. Janice, if you would please come on up. Janet was born and raised in Canada. She has held various public relations positions across the country. 1986, she felt called to quit her job and join NET as a missionary. Corporate world's loss, Louisiana's gain. She met and married a young man from Louisiana, Jean and they now live in the New Orleans area. She serves on the women's team for the Catholic Charismatic Renewal of of New Orleans. She speaks at marriage retreats with her husband, and she loves to draw from her life as the mother of five children. God bless you. (laughs) She preaches freedom in the power of the Holy Spirit, Psalm 1820. He set me free in the open, he rescues me because he loves you. Now, let me tell you, I've heard this lady speak several times. I mean, I'm not much of a note taker. Every time I've heard her speak, I've found myself digging for a pen and a piece of paper. So just get all the noise out now and find one of them. Because <laughs> there's going to be a little jewel or two that you're going to want to take home with you. If you would please extend your hands. And I have, I have, please tell me I have somebody besides me to start this. Thank you so much. Praise God. Bless y'all's ears. You think I'm playing? It's late. that. That is um, beautiful. That never gets old. I appreciate that so much. I am so happy to be with you all. Many of you are friends. I feel so welcome from the moment that I entered the hotel and Michelle gave me the biggest 
motherly bear hug. It was just awesome. So I came in, my darling beloved, my beloved husband, Jean, is here. Give a wave, Jean. He didn't get here until today. He landed this afternoon. So I came in on Thursday and I kind of snuck in the back and that's where I participated from that first night. And so I walk in and you guys are maybe on the second song of praise and worship and you are full on already. And I said, I found my people. (laughs) And so I texted my husband, they are hot out the gate here. (laughs) Like there is no warming up these ladies. They are good to go. Praise God. So happy to be here. I also have my daughter here, my second born, who's uh, in her second year at um, the University of Franciscan University from Steubenville. So uh, Michelle was kind enough. We have a rental car tomorrow. Yeah, Livia, give a wave. Um, We have a rental car for tomorrow, but we kind of got confused with the plan. So Michelle was so kind, she lent us her Suburban. So my husband went to campus, grabbed Olivia, and brought her over here. So she's going to be in our room tonight. So that'll be nice. So glad to be here. Um, It's Friday. You ready to have some fun? Woohoo! Okay, very good. How many of you would say you have an anointing? Yeah, like a few, right? Okay, let's talk. (laughs) All right, I'd like to tell you about my friend Kay back home. So Kay is a party planner extraordinaire. She just throws a great party. Everybody wants to come. It's always fun always goes over well, and I kind of look around Kay's party at the individual components, and I'm like, I could replicate this in my house. Like, I can make that dip, and I can have those decorations, but I just know it won't turn out quite the same, and that's because Kay has a secret sauce. I have another friend whose name is Lori. Lori has the magic touch when it comes to extending invitations. With one round of texts, she can easily fill three tables at a Magnificat breakfast. I'm going to be auctioning off her number to the highest bidder (laughs) at the end of this talk. I have many of the same contacts as Lori in my phone because we kind of run in the same circles. I know if I send out that text, it's not going to go down the same way. That's because Lori has a secret sauce. So what is the secret sauce? The secret sauce is the anointing. It's the anointing. Now, my friend and yours, I know many of you are friends with Patty Mansfield. Patty Mansfield tells us all the time, the anointing is everything. The anointing is everything. So what is an anointing? Anointing is a charism. So that's Greek for gift, right? Anointing is a charism. And it's uh, something given to you by the Holy Spirit, that's meant for others, okay? It's meant for others. Now, they often look like talents, but they're more than talents, okay? They are aspects of you that have supernatural lift, right? So uh, if I could have my first slide, please. So the Catechism of the Catholic Church says that an anointing does three things, okay? Your anointing builds up the church, So this church that seems to be facing pressure from every angle, your charism, your anointing is meant to have a role in building up the church. The second thing it says is your anointing aids in the salvation of others. So all those souls that are hanging in the balance, 
Your anointing has a role in saving their soul. Your anointing also is meant to meet the needs of the world. Duh. <laughs> Just the needs of the world. That's all. It's no biggie. It's no big deal, right? No big whoop. Just the needs of the world. I should, yes, big whoop, right? Lots of whoop, all kinds of whoop, supersize the whoop, right? <laughs> At this point, we're just going to pray for the translator in the back because I tend to use a lot of technical language like big whoop. So just <laughs> toss a prayer her there for that way. She's going to be working hard tonight. So I know at this point, some of you are probably thinking, that's great, that's wonderful, I believe all of that, but I don't think I have an anointing. I don't really have secret sauce. I'm feeling a little sauceless, okay? So my answer to that is gonna be point number one. I'm going to be making three points tonight, okay? And point number one is, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You have an anointing. How can I be so sure, right? You might be thinking, I, she doesn't know me. She seems very confident in the fact that I seem to have this secret sauce. Well, I know that because Scripture says so, right? For the same reason that I know that Jesus loves you, because Scripture says so. Okay, next slide, please. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. To each. What a wonderful little word. To each. Each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each. Are you included in each? Yes. Oh, we can do better than that. Are you included in each? Yes. yes, you are included in each. I even checked my translation of the Bible to see if there was an asterisk there somewhere, to see if there was an exception in the fine print down at the bottom. There's no exceptions. So you can check your translation to see if you have an exception, but I'm pretty sure you're not going to find one. You are included in that each. You are included. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. Everybody gets an anointing. Okay? All right. There are many, many different kinds. Some of you have gifts of healing. Praise the Lord. Some of you have prophetic gifts. Praise the Lord. Some of you have musical gifts. Your music doesn't just entertain people. It moves people. Praise the Lord. Some of you dream dreams and see visions, and they're significant. But many of you, many of you have anointings that are maybe more difficult to identify, but they're there, and they're significant. They're very important because it's a gift from the Lord. And nothing the Lord does is unimportant. Nothing. There are gifts of encouragement. My mother-in-law has the gift of encouragement. If my husband is feeling down, he knows that he can call his mom, and she will always have an encouraging effect on him. He doesn't call me, and I'm like, that's a good decision. <laughs> I support that decision. My husband has the gift of counsel. You can describe a problem to him, and he just has a gift of asking some questions that tends to lead my thinking easily into the solution. That is such a gift to me. Um, some of you have an anointing of generosity. You know where to place your money in a way that it makes the biggest impact when you're making a donation. That's an anointing. 
Some of you have an anointing of administration. You can see logistical details easily in a way that other people can't. And thank God for the administrative anointing on the CST. Otherwise, we'd all be homeless and hungry this weekend, right? A massive undertaking this project is. That's an anointing. Some of you have a gift of creating beautiful spaces. I was working on a fundraiser a few months ago with a group of girls, and there was three of them on the team who were phenomenal at decorating. They were a whirl of balloon arches and tablecloths and candles and glitter, and it was like they all spoke the same language and they shared one big brain. That's the sight of women working in their anointing, right? I was like, please, don't make me do this, right? And they were like, please, let me do this, right? That's what an anointing does. Discernment of spirits. My sister has the gift of discernment of spirits. So if I'm feeling kind of heavy or down, I can describe that to my sister, and she can easily tell if that's a spiritual attack. And then she prays for me, and I can just feel something lift. It's amazing. Tenderness. Some of you have an anointing of tenderness. And oh, does this world need that. You're able to receive people's hearts who are hurting and in need. And that is beautiful. There are more kinds of anointing than we can list, really. The body of Christ is beautiful and varied and so dynamic. There are some signs to help you identify your anointing. I'm going to give you three, okay? One sign is when you're operating in your anointing, you often feel energized or joyful or just, um, you know, you kind of feel like you're firing on all cylinders. That can be a sign that you're working in your anointing. A second sign would be that people request it of you often. Right? Others can detect your anointing and tend to bring that request to you. A third sign is that you see fruit. You see the good effects of your efforts. Those can be signs. Now, you might already have a sense of what your anointing is, but maybe you feel like it's prideful to name it, right? to come out and say, yes, I have an anointing. But it's not prideful because that's a gift from the Lord, right? Our anointings are not merit-based. They're not rewards. They're gifts from heaven meant to help other people. Now, sometimes it's something that you have a sense of from when you were young. Now, when I was young, my parents used to listen to motivational tapes by these big national speakers And I can remember lying on the shag carpet in my living room and listening to these speakers. And my heart would just pound and my spirit would be stirred. And it wasn't really what they were saying, but it was what they were doing. And I just knew, even from a young age, that my future was going to include wearing and holding microphones. I just knew it. I didn't know what shape it was going to take. But even from a young age, the Lord was preparing my heart for the anointing. Now... This is all very much a Catholic teaching, okay? Bishop Scott McKegg wrote this wonderful little book. Like, look how thin it is. You can do this. (laughs) 
And it's called, it's a catechism on the charisms. And it's called Clothed with Power from on High. And you're going to want to get it. It has a beautiful collection of papal quotes in here on the charismatic renewal. I know you've probably heard the same ones over and over again about what the popes say about the charismatic renewal. There's stuff in here I have never heard. Pope John Paul II has all kinds of beautiful things to say about the charismatic renewal. Clothed with power from on high. It makes a wonderful um, confirmation gift. Confirmation gift. Okay. It's very much a Catholic teaching. So in this book, Bishop Scott says that St. Paul says that he talks about the charisms in a way that he just assumes that all of the believers have them and are using them. Okay? The church fathers also exhibited an expectation of charisms during the sacraments, no matter the culture, language, place, or time. So, you do have an anointing. So let's try that show of hands again. How many people here believe you have an anointing? Should be 100%. Should be 100%. Okay, so one of the blessings of paying attention to our anointings is that it can help you focus your time and your energy, right? Too many of us are too busy, and I, I get it. I, I really do. It's very hard to find that balance, right, between the perfect amount of activity and too busy. It's like there's this line, right? And over here is the right amount of activity, and over here is too busy, right? And I often find myself finding where the line is when I'm over here. And then I go, oh, there's the line. It's back there, right? And then you kind of have to shimmy back over again. Right? That's kind of what happens. So if you're in a spot where you feel like you need to do some shimmying back over the line, a wonderful clarifying question is, what's my anointing? What's my anointing? Because I have found that there are certain things that I am suitable for and super equipped for, and there are other things that are maybe better done by other people who have other anointings. So what's my anointing can be a very helpful question. Now, what I don't mean is that on Monday you can go home and tell your family that you're not cooking dinner anymore because it's not your anointing. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Going to have to find another excuse. <laughs> so that's our first point, ladies, is yes, you do. You do have an anointing. Okay. Okay, my second point is yes, you have to. You have to use it. Let's go back to this scripture again. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. Okay. Manifestation comes from the Latin word, you're going to love this, for going public. Making something public. So an anointing is God's way of going public through you. It's a demonstration of the Spirit. It's an embodiment of the Spirit. Right? The Lord wants to go public. He wants to manifest himself in the world through you and your anointing. Right? I think in this day and age, it's so easy to be worried about the state of the church. And I loved Bishop's 
comments on Thursday night, right? I am totally on board with that. We cannot be worried about the state of the church, right? I do not believe, and I know you're with me when I say that, I don't think Jesus needs to be protected. I think he needs to be unleashed. And your anointing is the way that that's going to happen. He needs to be unleashed. The charisms that God has given us are for the common good. And you are a part of God's plan to fulfill that. You are a part of his plan. And listen, this is your time in history, right? We only have a narrow slice of time in history. And this is your time, okay? So I just want you for a second to imagine a timeline with me. So I'm going to take my finger. I'm going to draw a timeline. So we're starting here, right? And we're going to go all the way this way. There we go. Okay, all through time. This is kind of about now-ish, right? And then this is all the way to the future, okay? Whoop. Now, at this point, I'm going to need a volunteer. Maybe, how about someone from like the back half? Some brave volunteer soul. Okay, come on up. Very good. Let's give her a round of applause as she makes her way up. your name? Lupa. Okay. So, Lupi. Say hi to Lupi. Very good. Where are you from? Indio, California. Okay. Very good. She's from California. Okay. And what year were you born? 1975. Okay. All right. Oh, 1998. 1998. Very good. Just like me. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Liz, yeah. Okay. So let's find 1998 on the timeline. So I'm going to say like right about here. Okay. Now, but I'm going to have you turn this way because you're not on the scene just yet. Okay. All right. So we're not 1998 just yet. Okay. So here we are, right? The Lord is over here, right? Outside of time, right? So here he is governing and ruling over all of this timeline that belongs to him from outside of time. And so at a given point, he has created the world, right? And then here we go. Years pass, and decades pass, and centuries pass, and millennia pass, and lands are discovered, and wars are fought and won, and inventions come along and change culture, and then more time passes, and then we come to this wonderful day in 1998, right? And at this point in the timeline, God says, and now. Right? At this point in the timeline, Lupi comes into the world, right? And the father looks at her and says, she is very good. And all of heaven goes, wow. You say, wow. 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 At this point in time. This is Loopy's time. Now you hold your ground. God knew Loopy. There was never a time when God did not know Loopy. So over here, before time even began, she was in the Father's heart. But he was waiting for the fullness of time to create her and to send her into the world because this is the perfect time for Loopy. 
And then he baptized her and infused her with his spirit. Right? Made her an heir to the kingdom and gave her a crown. Put your crown on. Very good. Gave her the sword of the spirit. Brandish your sword. Very good. And here she is, right? Praise the Lord. He could have picked any time in the timeline. He looked down through history and into the future, and he said, "Mm -mm, this is the perfect time for Lupi. This is the fullness of time for her. And so in this day and age, I will create a woman and send her into the world, made in my image and likeness, and I will infuse her with my Holy Spirit, and she will be a light unto the nations, and she will move through the world in the power of the Holy Spirit, because the world needs loopy. Amen? (laughs) Praise God. Let's give loopy a hand. Thank you, Loopy. Is not God marvelous? He is marvelous. And he said the same thing about all of you, that this is the fullness of time for you. And you only get to do this one time in your body, and then your soul will continue in eternity. So time is very short, and the world needs your anointing. The world needs your anointing. Let us never, ever forget the baptismal fact that you have the Holy Spirit in you. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing temple of the Holy Spirit, says St. Paul. A walking, talking, living, breathing temple of the Holy Spirit. As sure as Jesus is in the tabernacle, so is the Holy Spirit inside of you. And your anointing is God's way of coming out of you in power. That's his plan. Pope Francis has said, wherever there is a particular need, God has already poured out the charisms that can meet it. The charisms are already in the room, planted in advance, because God is not surprised by the state of the world. He knows what it's going to look like in the future, and he knows what it was going to look like when he decided that this was the fullness of time for you. He's not shocked. He's not caught off guard because you're here and you have anointings that are going to solve the problem along with the Holy Spirit's help. Okay, next slide, please. The decree on the apostolate of the laity. Yep, one more. There you go. Good. Okay, the decree on the apostolate of the laity. Doesn't that sound official? Okay. It says, each believer, there's that word, say it with me, each, very good, each believer has a right and a duty to use their charism in the church and in the world for the good of men and the building up of the church. You have a duty to use your charism. Now, don't forget, Jesus tells a stern parable about servants who do not use their talents 
and burying them is not recommended. <laughs> That's the bottom line of that parable. So make sure that you are not burying your anointing out of fear or discouragement or discomfort or over-busyness or disbelief or insecurity. More on that in a minute. Point one, yes, you do. You have an anointing. Everybody has secret sauce. Point number two, yes, you have to. You have to use it, right? My favorite definition of evangelization is it's one beggar telling another beggar where they found bread. You have bread. People out there are starving. And you have bread. My third point is you get to. You have one. Yes, you have to use it, but truly you get to. The how of all of this is very important, okay? Putting your anointing into action is where I would like to focus. So I'm going to say something that needs some explaining because it's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself. God, the Father, does not need you. He does not need you to evangelize your neighbors, to spread his love in the grocery store, to start any new ministries. He has need of nothing. He is perfect completeness. Anything that we do for the kingdom of God, sloppily, he can do perfectly in the blink of an eye. He does not need us, but he wants you. He wants you because he's a good father, and fathers like to do projects with their children. And he is excited to do a creative work with his precious children. I have a memory of me. You know how you ask children to help you with stuff like won't you fold this basket of towels, or won't you help me plant these seeds, or whatnot? And you could do this on your own with half the mess and in a quarter of a time if you just did it yourself, right? That's kind of the idea. So I have a memory of me helping out my dad paint the shelves in the basement with the grown-up paint. It was a big deal. But the grown-up, you know, Sherwin-Williams paint, the grown-up brush, and I can remember him asking me to help him paint the shelves in the basement. And so I did my sloppy little section, you know, whatever I could reach, because I was young. And then I walked away, and then I turned back to ask him something or to say something, and I caught him with his paintbrush fixing up my sloppy mess and making it perfect, right? And it was the first time that in my little child brain, I kind of went, huh, I guess maybe he doesn't need me to paint the shelves. He just kind of wanted me to paint the shelves, right? That's pretty much what it is. Then when I was a grown-up, and I'm looking back at that memory, then it makes complete sense to me, because now I know that when I work with my dad, he teaches me, and I become more like him. And that's the whole point, right? Blaise Pascal said that the Lord extends to us the dignity of being causes, 
right? He does not need us to do things for him. But when we participate with him, we become a cause of good things like our father, right? So it's not about doing it perfectly because he goes behind us and he cleans up our sloppy drips because <laughs> he's a good father. He really is, right? I think too many of us as women struggle with perfectionism in our ministries and worry, right? But it's not all up to you. And God wants to release you from that pressure, right? Pressure is not a mark of the kingdom. Prudence, yes. Perfectionism, no. <laughs> right? Do you know that definition of perfectionists? Right? Perfectionists take great pains and give them to other people. Perfectionism can be a real bondage in the heart of women. Out there, people are starving. Okay? They need bread. <clears throat> and you have bread. So don't be obsessed about how perfectly you're going to slice the bread at a diagonal, fanned out on the plate with a little garnish, right? They're starving. Just give them the bread. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. One of the gifts of adoration in Father Dave was this taking the breath, right? Wasn't that beautiful? So our clergy are such reflections of our loving Father in heaven. Praise God for you. So take that as a cue from the heavenly Father that this weekend he wants you to stop and take a breath, right? So let's do that again right now, and we're going to say a little prayer. So everyone take a breath. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you release us from the bondage of perfectionism? Whatever is in our hearts that is driving us to this kind of pressure and intensity in our ministry, we ask that you would heal those places and replace it, Heavenly Father, with your spirit of wisdom and prudence, and freedom in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's talk about that word, freedom. All right, back to that quote about, from the apostolate of the laity. Okay, so what's the very first word? Each. Each, each believer has a right and a? to use their charisms in the church and in the world for the good of men. So yes, you have to. And the building up of the church in the freedom, freedom of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So as my children were getting older, the Lord was calling me out more and more into public ministry, right, into speaking. And he launched me into this season with a line from Psalm 18 which, as we said, Mary said in my intro. So Psalm 18 is, he set me free in the open because he loves me. And there was this real sense of, like, going public, this manifestare, right? It was very obvious. So I've just prayed a lot with that scripture, like, he sets me free in the open. He sets me free in the open. He sets me free in the open. Okay, so what does that mean, Lord? What does that look like? 
And in my mind, I was envisioning this large forest with a clearing in the middle where it's just a field, you know, with kind of wheat in the middle. And I was in the middle of the field just feeling free, (laughs) free with the Lord. It was wonderful. But then as time went on and things got more busy and more busy and more busy, this kind of faded away, (laughs) right? And it started to feel a little bit less like me in the field and a little bit more like... Yeah, okay. As you walk in your anointing, things from your heart are going to bubble to the surface. And so you're going to need to keep taking it to God the Father for discussion with him so that he can heal these things as these things are coming up, right? So I'm taking my little dear self to the Lord in prayer, and I'm like, Lord, I know that this is not what you have in mind for me. This deer in the sights is not the plan that you have for me because you're a good father, and I know that. And I know that fathers don't set their children up for failure. So somewhere I need to change my vision of it. Would you help me? Would you help me? And so he brought me to this memory I have of me on a Florida beach, which is just my happy place. And this was years ago, and I'm on the beach, and I get up really early in the morning to go take my prayer time as the sun is coming up. And I went out to the beach in my pajama pants and a t-shirt and a zip-up hoodie, and the beach is completely empty. I got the whole thing to myself, and the sun is rising, and it's clear day, and the water is smooth and clear and glorious. And I'm sitting there on the beach, and I'm praying, and I just can't resist. And so I zip off my hoodie, and I wade in the water. I'm just floating in the water. And it was this beautiful kiss from heaven where I knew I was floating in God's love that was endless, that was endless. And so this became the message from the Lord. That's not me, by the way. My bikini's yellow (laughs) with polka dots. (laughs) This was the broad place the Father was saying. This is the broad place where I am inviting you into. This place where you are resting in me and letting me work through you. Not the pressure place of the deer, right? Thank you, Jesus. So the Father doesn't need you. He wants you. He wants to do a creative work with you. He just wants you to be available and willing, willing to say yes. He needs a handmaid who is willing to give a fiat. He needs a prophet who is willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Okay, last story, and then we're going to pray. So my son takes karate, 
And the place where he takes karate back in Louisiana is very close to the lakefront. And the lakefront is beautiful. It's got great big old oak trees and the Spanish moss hanging from the trees. And, and there's a gorgeous um, paved walking trail. So it's about maybe a mile long. So most people will start at one end. They'll walk the trail, turn around, and come back again. So I have just enough time to drop my son off at karate, and I go park at the lakefront, and I walk the trail, right? So I'm out there one day, and this is after a particularly intense season of ministry, right? And I'm getting my sweat on, right? I'm walking down the trail. And as I'm walking, I'm feeling like the Lord is giving me this analogy of Janice. This, the way you're walking, is a little bit like how you're handling your ministry lately, okay? So this is me. So I'm walking. So Janice on the lakefront is walking. <sighs> Getting my sweat on, right? And it's like this. It's like send the emails, right? Do everything perfectly. Don't make any mistakes. Don't let anybody down. It's all up to you. This is me. I'm speaking like an orphan, and I'm forgetting all about how much the Lord loves me because it's all up to me, right? Sweat, 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 sweat. Right? Then I look down the trail as I look up, and there's a woman who's walking in the opposite direction. So she's coming this way. She is walking completely differently from how Janice is walking, right? We both have our workout clothes on. We both got our AirPods in. We're both getting our sweat on. But this lady, this is how she is walking. And as soon as I see her, I know immediately the Lord is sending me a message, okay? Are you ready? She, uh, the trail is full of people, and she is dancing like no one's watching, right? And every once in a while, she'll sing out a lyric, oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> woo, yeah, woo. I, I about stopped in my tracks. I was like, who has that kind of freedom? Freedom! I was like, I want me some of that, right? That was the message from the Lord. And here's the kicker, what I heard the Lord say to me. Janice, you know you're both covering the same amount of ground. <laughs> yes, Lord. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Okay, that's the kind of stepping into the anointing that the Lord is inviting us into, right? Not this. <laughs> do the things, do the things, do the things. This, okay? This is the stepping into the anointing that he is inviting us into because that's the kind of swagger, right, that princesses of the king can have when they're convinced that their father is watching over them, has filled them with his spirit, has given them a crown, that they are an heir to the kingdom, that are carrying the sword of the spirit, and are working for the kingdom to come through your anointing from the Lord Jesus Christ, who did not die, rise, and ascend to heaven to leave us with a church that has no power.
yes. Point number one, you do. Yes, you do have an anointing. Point number two, yes, you have to. You have a duty. You only have a little bit of time here on this earth and you have a job to do. But the how you do it is very important. Remember that we don't do it in the spirit of, I have to get it all done. It's all up to me. I can't make any mistakes. Right? You do it in a spirit of freedom. Freedom and the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The Lord wants to do a creative work through you. He wants to do a creative work through you. He would like to do a father-daughter dance with you. A father-daughter dance. Okay? All right. Why don't we stand and pray? Now, I did not talk to music ministry, but can we, yeah, do a little strumming? Yeah. That's a girl working in her anointing. I can do that. Okay. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. You can just give us a background strum when you're ready. Okay. All right. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just encourage you to open your hands as a symbol to all of the heaven that you are open and you are ready, right? And we invite the Holy Spirit into the room. And Lord, we know that you are not done, that we have anointings and more are coming. More are coming. And so Lord, we just say that we are ready. We make ourselves available to you, Lord. We are your handmaidens, and we give you our fiat. Father, give us a deep sense of how good you are. Relieve us of any worry. You know our ministries, Father. It's your painting. You will go behind us and clean up the mess. Help us to work in childlike abandon and freedom by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to lay down our crowns of perfectionism and pressure. This fear of failure, Lord. That's a crown of thorns, and we lay that down. Give us a new crown, Lord, the crown of the King. Empower us through your Holy Spirit. Send us out, Lord, to give fresh bread. You are the bread of life. Send us out to give bread to the people who are starving. And we do all of this in the spirit of Mary. 
because we know, Lord, as she was moving in haste to visit Elizabeth, that once in a while she had a little boogie in there. And so, Mary, we ask that you would give us your spirit of freedom. And we surrender all to you. And let's ask Mary to take all these prayers and bring them to the foot of the cross, into the throne room, polish them up, and give them to her son. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.